Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Let the madness of March begin. Glad you've stopped by to spend a bit of time with us as we talk NCAA tournament basketball for these next couple of hours. Larry Smith, Brad Sturdy, and Mike Kegley. We are the Illini guys. This is the Sports Spectacular, the voice of the Illini. Brian Barnhart stops by to provide his courtside perspective. He's uh, standing by in our state-of-the-art orange room over here uh, in the Illini guys studios. And Illini legends, they're always welcome. Stephen Bardo of Big Ten Network, one of the flying Illini, will join us a bit later. We are rolling deep in Pittsburgh this weekend. Everywhere you go, there's an Illini guy. Brad and Mike both there, along with Matt Stevens. So keep your laptops, your desktops, phones, tablets, carrier pigeons, uh, telegraph machines, everything. Keep them on IlliniGuys.com for complete coverage. All right, guys, the Illini, fourth seed in the South region, taking on 13th seed Chattanooga, the regular season tournament champs out of the Southern Conference. Let's talk about it. The Illini get the win in Pittsburgh over Chattanooga, 54-53. to They led for a grand total of 25 seconds in this one, but they were the most important 25 seconds. Um, Kobe Coburn, with uh, 17 and 13, uh, lead the way. Alfonso Plummer got hot in the second half at 15. And Coleman Hawkins with a big game, 10 points and eight rebounds and a couple of assists. So this was uh, – it wasn't for the faint of heart, but at the end of the day, you're in the NCAA tournament. Survive in advance. That's all you're trying to do. Yeah, the Illini got that win, and I'd much rather have the Illini walk away with a one-point win and have life on Sunday than to walk away with the loss and then everybody sniping and going back and forth about what's wrong with the fighting Illini. Well, and if you can move on and get to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, this game becomes a distant memory. Um, I thought Kofi, um, was, outside of the missed uh, free throws, was outstanding considering, again, he had guys draped all over him in the entire night. But how about the play of Coleman Hawkins in the big plays? Not just the 10 points and the eight rebounds, um, but just the big clutch plays, or is that Brad, that steal that should not have been called a, a foul yeah. uh, there near midcourt? Of course, the big block there at the end and the rebound as well to seal it uh, at the end of the game. Yeah, he was fantastic. All those are energy plays. And when he is playing with energy, he provides something that nobody else does. He's six foot 10, he's got length. Um, and, you know, even um, you know, Malachi Smith from Chattanooga, the leading scorer, shoots four for 20, and he talked about that. Um, that was one of the things, the length of guys like Hawkins uh, really giving him fits uh, when he was trying to score. He's even starting to develop a little bit of the DeMonte Williams habit of getting the big play when the Illini need it. It was, I mean, they were, they needed some big plays and it was Coleman Hawkins who cashed in. And I think the other story is Alfonso Plummer was the offensive catalyst that won the game on that end of the court in the second half. That's a great point. Illinois was 0 for 9 from three-point range. I mean, no three-pointers in the first half at any point uh, until Alfonso comes in, hits two. There was a third one that they called a three, revealed it, and when they first said three points, I thought it was inside the arc, and they did correct that. But three, only three three-pointers by the Illini, all three by, by Plummer. What a spark in the second half and the offense when they really needed it. Yeah, when, especially considering, you know, you didn't get a uh, good Good night from Trent Frazier, 0 of 6, 0 of 5 from 3. Did make a couple of big three-pointers. Andre Cabello is 1 of 7 from the floor. Devontae Williams, 1 of 3, 0 of 2. 
Um, yeah, you're not going to win many games. <laughs> Those, it was with if Plummer would have stayed cold, there's no way they win that game. So they really needed him to step up down the down the stretch to to find a way to win. Yeah, and he had to admire Kofi Coburn. You know, he's he's got people hanging on him. I thought the refs did a good job of calling some of the fouls, um, but you know, he kept his cool. He kept determined. And, you know, he ends up with a double-double, your typical Kofi, even though he's got like nine guys in there on him at once. Um, you know, that he showed why he's an All-American. And, and something, too, I think that should not get lost in this game as we look forward to um, to uh, to tomorrow is, is the defensive effort. Only 8 of 30 shooting. That's what the Mox managed in the second half. Not that they set the world afire on the first half, but it was the Illinois defense that kept them in the game. And, in fact, as poorly as Illinois shot at the beginning – in the end of the game, when everything's added up, it was actually Chattanooga had a worse shooting night than Illinois because of that second half effort, that Illinois defense, Brad, keeping them in the game uh, until they finally could score enough to get on top and, and get the victory. Yeah, you know, you look at the um, Chattanooga scored early. They're up 14-4 early and, and got out to that lead. And then even when they started the second half, they scored seven points quickly. But outside of those stretches, you know, after the first six minutes of the game and the first three minutes of the second half, the other 31 minutes, basically, Illinois played just tremendous lockdown defense and allowed them to stay in the game until they could make a shot, until they could find a way to you know, get out and transition, force some turnovers, get some steals, whatever it was. I do think that was a big play, too. The big thing, too, Underwood going to the full court pressure, a um, little diamond press, and it really rattled them, sped them up a little bit. And they made some mistakes. Yeah, that 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 uh, press was a genius move. Uh, we were waiting for it with Coleman Hawkins out there and it did its work. And I mean, you know, you're talking about holding a team to 27 percent shooting in the second half. That is what Coach Underwood means by defense travels. Yeah, to, to your point, both of you, that was after that 7-0 run to start the second half. It was a 40-29 game mocks on top and it looked dire at that point. But from that point on, Illinois outscoring Chattanooga. 25 to 13 in the final 1746 in this, including no field goals allowed in the final uh, four minutes. Let's talk some personnel here, uh, guys. Jacob Grandison uh, did not play much. Was that because Coleman Hawkins was a better matchup or is Jacob maybe not quite hundred percent? Well, he's not hundred percent. You can see he's not moving as well as he was. He's not just not as comfortable. I don't think he's comfortable in his own skin right now with the way his uh, shoulder feels, but you know, he does bring some calm. Um, he actually, um, you know, gave them nine minutes. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, Hawkins is a guy you have to have on the floor um, as much as possible. He had 32 minutes, you know, so that takes some minutes away from Jake. And that's that's OK right now until he gets him, his feet wet. Yeah. And, and I think the other challenge was Curbelo had some turnovers, but he also created passing lanes. The offense was better when he was on. You know, he's a real conundrum, but, uh, you know, again, I think he was very valuable to the Illini team, and you've got to find a way to, to build up his confidence and try to take that turnover number down because he's so good at penetrating. Yeah, I don't know what the final number was, uh, but I know at one point uh, watching it from my vantage point on the TV screen, he was plus 15 on the floor, and it was obvious that Illinois was not going to win this game with, with Andre Corbello on the bench. Yep. He finished plus 18, plus 18 on the plus minus. That's outstanding. Well, so you've, we've, we've got now, you know, tomorrow is, is going to be uh, the next game um, in, uh, in 30 seconds, uh, Brad, what's only have to work on Saturday, get ready for Sunday. Well, they're going to have to rebound the ball better, especially if it's Houston. Houston's one of the best offensive rebound teams in the country. 
Um, so they're going to have to clean up the rebounding. They gave up too many rebounds to the, the Moxon. So if they can do that and uh, shoot the ball a little bit better, they got a chance to get to the Sweet 16. The Illini are going to have to play a game that is a full 40-minute game on Sunday. They won't be able to do some of the things that they've done. They're going to have to have that effort from the beginning to the end, and they can win. Yeah, absolutely. We look forward to talking with everyone, talking much more. We're just getting started here on the Sports Spectacular. Stay with us. Illinois play-by-play man Brian Barnhart joins us up next here on the Sports Spectacular. At Busey Bank, we understand you have a vision for your future, and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. I'm DeMonte Williams. When it comes to hustling on the court, that's easy. You know what else is easy? OSF On-Call Urgent Care. That's right, DeMonte. When you need care for minor illnesses and injuries that's easy to get when and where you need it, OSF On-Call Urgent Care is your MVP. Walk in 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even holidays, or connect with a virtual visit 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. IlliniGuys.com, open 24-7 for your immediate enjoyment of Illini Insider News and complete pre- and post-game coverage. Keep up with the Illini, and it's our little gift to you. The first week is free because we're givers. We, we, we like to give. IlliniGuys.com. This segment presented by Busey Bank, Illinois versus Chattanooga. Joining us now with a courtside perspective of this Illini team. would love having him back now. The voice of the Illini, Brian Barnhart, joining us now. Brian, welcome back to the Sports Spectacular. Hey, good to be on with the Illini guys. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Great, always great to talk <laughs> with you. Um, you know, every time we see you courtside, I always get a chance to uh, talk a, a, a little bit about Illini and even just life. Uh, now, we are talking to you because of the quirky schedule, the tournament. We are talking to you before the Chattanooga game, but let's start off right now with your thoughts on on where this team is um, mentally and, and and physically right now. Well, physically, they probably could use the break that they got at the end of the Big Ten tournament, uh, as sad as that makes you feel. I mean, you want to win the tournament. But uh, then again, I think last year they were so upset about what happened with Michigan. And we all know how Illini fans feel about Michigan after after that. How they felt about them before, but that really, really yeah. added to it. But, uh, you know, winning all those games and not having any hardware to show for it. So they were really determined to win the Big Ten title. You could tell. They had a definite chip on their shoulder. Um, this year was just kind of a different feel in the sense they accomplished the winning the Big Ten regular season. They have hardware. They've been validated. So they go into the Big Ten tournament. And I've always said, and you guys know this, it's really who you play and when you play them. And Indiana was dead in the water and headed for the NIT all of a sudden, down, what, 17 with seven minutes to go against Michigan. They, and the, I'm there. I was there that day. And, um, you know, as an Illini fan, I'm thinking, who do I want to win this game? Do I really want to play Indiana in this building? Do I want to play Michigan? And uh, as the Indiana fans were roaring to life, as Indiana made that comeback, suddenly they're playing with a lot of momentum. And they know if they can beat Illinois, you know, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament, most likely, which turned out to be true. And I think that, you know, Illinois caught 
probably of the two teams, the, the worst team to face because they had rallied in, in such a way to, to win that ball game. So, you know, I, and I think Illinois, you know, they just missed a lot of shots. You think about it. I mean, Plummer didn't take a couple of shots he normally takes. They missed a lot of layups, a couple of dunks, and they still lost by two points. I mean, despite of all of that. So, you know, if they can avoid those droughts in the tournament, I think they ought to feel pretty good about themselves. I, I think the key is to get Grandison back, Frazier and Plummer all hitting threes at about a 40% clip. And when they do that balance with Kofi, they're almost impossible to beat, but they just haven't had that. They haven't had all those parts at the same time most of the year. Brian, you've been obviously covering up, following Illinois basketball for a, quite a while. Have you ever seen a team go through as many um, issues off the court issues with like injuries, with COVID, with pink guy now with, I mean, you go down the list. I mean, this team, uh, this shoulder, right shoulder, left shoulder, right ankle, what, whatever it is, it's something with, it seems like every week it's something new. Nope. Never like this. Uh, we've had various, um, you know, injuries pop up for, you know, or you think about Austin Hutcherson, you know, who always seemed to be hurt or, you know, Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk, who for the first couple of years didn't, you'd always see him sitting there. You, you'd see one player go through it, but no, I'd never seen anything like this year with all those things you listed. I mean, from Kofi suspension, you know, the kind of a goofy suspension right off the top to, you know, Curbelo being out longer than we thought he would be out to, I mean, they never, they literally were patching this thing together during the course of the whole year. You like to, I know as a staff, you like to start and build on it and just keep building on it and build this thing for March. I mean, the Illini were like that. What's the little cartoon with the little, the family circus, the guy that just kind of wanders all over the place. That's what they were doing and what they were trying to get done was holding everything together. Uh, nine different starting lineups. I've never, I don't think I remember seeing that for a team that, is as successful as Illinois. And yeah, you almost had to laugh out loud when you're like pink eye, are you serious? I mean, after, after all they've been through this year, I've never seen anything like it this year. So you're, you're in a position where you get a chance to chat with the guys every once in a while, kind of, kind of get a feel for the team. How do you think they're handling it? Cause it's, it's been a, a up and down crazy year yet. They put up 15 big 10 wins. Um, pretty amazing record when you consider the number of lineups and the, the lost games. How do you think they're, they are mentally coming into the tournament? Oh, I, I think they're in a good place. I think they're, um, you could tell with their reaction uh, the other day to the selection, it was kind of muted in a way. I mean, they just politely applauded and, you know, they, when they took that trip to Michigan, they all wore their very sharp suits to the, to the airport, even though nobody else was going to see them. Uh, you know, we, we literally got on the plane, we got on the bus and went to the hotel and that was it. And then uh, eventually they wore them to the, the day of the game. But, you know, when they, when they really focus in on making it just a business trip, they've done really well this year. Um, and I think they had that same approach watching the selection show. It wasn't like an exuberant, like, Oh yeah, we're a, we're a four seat in Pittsburgh. It was more like, Oh, okay, well, let's go to work. And they seem to approach it that way. I think the, you know, the two rocks of the team are DeMonte and Trent. I mean, they've seen everything. They've been at the bottom with 21 losses. I think, you know, with, with the different personalities they have on the team, and it's a fun team to be around, I think those two guys kind of anchor everything down. You know, that's something too, Brian. It does seem like that there aren't any bad seeds, if you will, on this team. I mean, and that's part of, again, the, 
the culture that Brad Underwood is, is building, I'm sure, and, and looking for character guys and, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, he mentioned something Sunday night, and you just alluded to it as well in terms of their reaction when the selection was made on, on Sunday. And I think it goes to really, like you said, the maturity of this team. This is not a team anymore that, and it's where we see Brett Bielema trying to get there here in, in the next year or two. It's where he wants to get to where wins aren't a surprise or success isn't, isn't a shock. Um, this is a team now, this is a program now that the expectation is to win. The expectation is we are going, we're not waiting selection Sunday to see if we're in, we're just waiting to see where we're playing. And, and so I think to your point, it was, and I think that shows to the maturity and I think where it's a different mindset now because they, they broke through last year, as you mentioned, with a lot of emotion and they got that done. And I, it just, it feels like, and you tell us because you're closer, it just feels like the, the, the air in the room is different than maybe it was 12 years ago. Is that fair? Oh yeah. Ago? Yeah. 12 months ago. Sure. Yeah. I think so. You know, I think they, um, they realized they did stumble last year. I think that's also part of it. You know, they were, they were, you know, they were picking people picking them to win the national title last year. If you remember on the selection show, I think Clark Kellogg and a couple of others actually went out there and <laughs> said, Illinois is going to win it. And so there were just so many, the expectations were so high and they burned so much emotional energy to get through that big 10 tournament. And I think Brad's right. They, they had to go back. You know, they got, I think you said they got a Chick-fil-A sandwich and they, um, you know, went and started uh, getting quarantined and tested again for the next round. And that was it. And so they didn't really get to celebrate, but, but I think their approach this year is we understand now, now that we've been through this, I think we understand the, you know, the finality of when you don't play well, you're done. And I think they're, they'll take a serious approach this, this time around and not that they didn't before, but I think they're in a better mental and maybe physical position to, um, to make a run. And I, I don't think they're going to take Chattanooga lightly. I, I think they, if they learned anything is it uh, doesn't matter what the name is on the front of the Jersey, you better take care of your, of your work and be prepared and, and execute to the best of your ability or you're done. Ryan, do you expect to see, I mean, Atlanta nation travels really well, but they were hoping for Indianapolis or Milwaukee for sure. But do you expect to see a pretty big Illini contingent in Pittsburgh? Oh, I, I expect so. Uh, I've been I've been surprised over the years uh, traveling with the team. You know, we'll go out to Portland. I'm thinking, well, there's not going to be there's not going to be anybody out here in Portland. I mean, who knows about you know the Illini or they the or they the Alini or whatever you're going to call them. You know, and I'm thinking, who's going to come? And man, everybody shows up. It's like, oh my goodness. I mean, they come up from California to Oregon, or they, you know, we're in the East Coast and they come from wherever to to watch and play. I don't know how they get the tickets or or where they get them from, but they just seem to. They just seem to show up, and I'm always uh, – I guess I shouldn't be surprised anymore. I've been at this for, for 20 years uh, and grew up in, in near Champaign. But, um, yeah, I, I expect good numbers, as many as they can get. I mean, it's a little harder with, the, with all those different teams there. And I'm trying to think, uh, you know, who all is in that region that would be fairly close by that could, uh, could draw a big number of fans. But, uh, you know, it's not like Kentucky going to Indianapolis. I mean, the – Kentucky's going to take over Indianapolis, you know, I mean, uh, they're going to be blue everywhere. So we, uh, but I expect uh, several, uh, a lot of Illinois fans to make it because a lot of fans will come from the East coast too, I'm sure. Well, well Ohio state will, is relatively close by, but I That's think true. all their, all their fans will probably be at home watching videos of football recruits. Um, <laughs> so less, uh, you know, as an announcer, do you approach 
a, a NCAA game that really is a winner go home. Do you approach that any different than you do the fact that the second time we're playing Northwestern in a, in a Big Ten conference game? Well, it's interesting because my preparation's the same. I mean, uh, and usually in the in the postseason, like for our game coming up Friday, that, that's an odd start time, 550. Yeah. So our pregame show is going to start at 430. So that's an hour and 20 minutes. But usually for the NCAA, you can there's plenty of stuff to talk about. So you don't have any issue filling that. Um, I think the, the biggest uh, difference for me is uh, the fact that um, people ask if I get nervous before a game. Not anymore after 20 years, but the only time I really get nervous is in these tournament games because as you're prepping and as you're getting ready, you're thinking, is this the last time for this particular team? And you have that nerve nervousness as a fan in addition to uh, being the announcer that, Ooh, man, I hope we win this game. <laughs> you know, you're, you're helpless to keep it from happening or make it happen, but you're kind of along for the ride and, and you're just trying to um, capture the emotion and the ups and downs of the game. But you, you also realize, you know, uh, as the game goes on, man, let's get a 10 point lead. Come on, let's get a 12 point lead. Let's get this thing out there where I know that I'm going to be doing another game in a couple of days. And when it's, when it's close, like the Indiana game, it was a little nerve wracking just because, you know, I want to do another game tomorrow and Indiana could win this thing, darn it. And I don't want to stop, you know, and it took me a couple of hours to get over it. Now uh, it is always hard for me at the end of a season because you just go and go, you do shows, you know, we had a show this week with Brad and then you travel and then you do the game and you prep and you've been doing that since, really uh, for basketball since, you know, early November, late October, in addition to football at that time, and you just go, 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 go. And then suddenly it's over and you don't have to show up anymore. And that for me is always a hard uh, adjustment. My wife always knows to, you know, just kind of let me be for a day or two because it's just, uh, (laughs) I I take it very hard when it's over. So I just, I don't like that feeling. I want to play as many games as possible. And, and like everybody else, I want to see the Illini do well. Brian, I think you and I were, we're talking to Brian Barnard here, the voice of the Fighting Illini, talking about, um, and again, this is a conversation happening before the Chattanooga game. Uh, I, I always get the same way. There's just something, there's an energy about a tournament that I just, I like just to stand courtside, you know, about 15 minutes before the game and just, and just soak it in before I go find my seat for the last time and, and get ready. Um, you and I kind of bumped into each other in the media section. We both were sort of kind of wandering like, <laughs> like we you know, like we, we should be doing something but we had nothing to do because there's no game tomorrow so <laughs> yeah what was funny is is uh, at indianapolis the radio booth was up high up uh, kind of where the camera well was and that was the first time that we've done a tournament up there and, and it was you know it was kind of fun in a way because it was just us radio guys so i got to see all my play-by-play brothers you know throughout the league because we're all in that same area you know, and once we were eliminated, I just like to hang around. It was the first game of the day on Friday. We lost, but I just like to hang around and watch basketball. And when I'd go back up to the booth up there, they're like, what are you doing here? You know, <laughs> why are you still here? And I'm like, well, I kind of like to watch basketball. So uh, that was that was a little strange. But, yeah, it is a weird – you feel a little bit like, you know, that, where did everybody go? You know, everybody left. Now it's over. And and uh, why am I still here? But yeah, it is kind of a weird feeling, kind of a, kind of an empty feeling, but I'm just glad we're, 
you know, last year we had the run to the Big Ten tournament title. That was a thrill to get to do that again. And and I'm just looking forward to um, any of these NCAA games that you do. It's just uh, ones you always remember, and uh, you don't want to ever take those for granted. Yeah, no question about that. Well, we will uh, leave it there as we're out of time. Brian Barnhart, uh, we can't wait to hear you on the call and um, always appreciate your time and spending with us. And, uh, and thanks for just for painting the picture. I, I don't, I don't know that, that our, if, if, if your listeners and our listeners understand the talent that it takes to, to, to aptly describe the action and you are fantastic at it. We're very fortunate to have you as the guy on the call. We appreciate it and good luck this weekend. Well, thank you, Larry. And thank you guys. And uh, it's a lot of fun and we look forward to uh, many more years to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Brian Barnhart. In Pittsburgh. That's right. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we'll look forward to it. And on down the road too, let's go on and talk about San Antonio as well. Brian Barnhart, voice of the Finding Illini and, and uh, throughout the uh, Illini network in this uh, segment presented to you by Busey Bank. Stay with us. We've got uh, so much more coming up as we are talking NCAA basketball here. More news up next on the Sports Spectacular. You're tuned in to the Sports Spectacular on the Illini Guys radio network. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, We have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. This is the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. And hey, a really big week for Kofi Colbert and Trent Frazier. Kofi, more All-American honors, first-team All-American. Uh, now that's eight total have named their All-Americans. Kofi, first-team on all of them. And I don't see that changing anywhere else. He and Trent Frazier both also making the All-District team. So great job for their Trent well-deserved honor uh, in the postseason here. Getting ready for Illinois versus Chattanooga. We're with the fellas, uh, Mike, Brad, and Matt Stevens joining us as well. Uh, guys, how about uh, from Thursday's action? What's uh, What stuck out for you? I mean, I, obviously there's the one big up, upset, but what stuck out for you guys? Yeah, I mean, of course, Kentucky is the big, big one, you know, losing to – who did they lose to? Like some – one of the, was it a nun or St. – oh, St. Peter's. That's who it was. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Um, but, yeah, they got uh, – you know, they just did not look good. Didn't look like they would be there. And Richmond over Iowa, that's a shocker to me, too. I, the way Iowa's playing, um, you know, that shows maybe going to the Big Ten final and winning it isn't quite worth it with four day games in four days. Yeah, and you certainly can't tell based on the, the end of the year closeout if a team's going to be good or not. UCLA lost its last four games last year and had a great tournament run. Um, and and then you look at what Iowa's doing, and they fell on their face. and. And Indiana losing by maybe it looks like the largest margin they've ever lost in the NCAA with Iowa, Indiana, and Kentucky losing. If we had only got Michigan to lose, it would have been just a perfect day. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to sound like Bob Knight, but maybe we need to stop playing the Big Ten tournament because it seems like the guys that end up on CBS and the Big Ten tournament don't end up going very far in the more important tournament the following week. Iowa just seemed to uh, crater itself. I, I think there was a at least a five-minute gap in which Keegan Murray didn't touch the basketball for Iowa. That's a problem. Um, that's a bad plan. Um, and so 
Yeah, I think I think one of the more dangerous teams coming out of the league, I thought, was Iowa, and and they go down really, really early. Yeah, and uh, again, you keep team, let teams hang around, hang around. We saw that in the Iowa game, also again in Kentucky. Severe Wheeler, six assists, but six turnovers. Oscar Sheway was outstanding for Kentucky, 30 and 16, but nobody else showed up and a lot of question marks right now in BBN. They will not move on. They go home. Let's look ahead to Saturday now. Those matchups quickly for you. Gonzaga, Memphis. Arkansas, New Mexico State, Baylor, North Carolina, St. Mary's, UCLA, Murray State, and St. Peter's. Now it's interesting. Michigan and Tennessee, Kansas and Creighton, and Providence takes on Richmond. Uh, what uh, matchup do you guys uh, looking forward to on Saturday? I'll be honest with you. I think North Carolina is a team that could has the talent, obviously, and size, and um, Baylor is not healthy. So I think that's a – North Carolina looked really good. Thursday. So um, I think that's a tough one. Um, Richmond's going to give Providence all they want. New Mexico State, you know, Arkansas, New Mexico State will give Arkansas a good game too. So those are the ones. St. Mary's, UCLs, LA. I saw you saw the Bruins play a grinder against uh, John Gross's team, and they're going to see another grinder against St. Mary's. Yeah. And, and I'm interested in how um, Michigan will do against Tennessee. That, that's a tough game. So, uh, but the Baylor North Carolina has to be the top game for me on Saturday. I think one of the more awesome things about the tournament is the way the format works is either Murray State or St. Peter's is going to a Sweet 16. And when when a 215 happens, upset happens, you know somebody who wasn't expecting to make the second weekend is now planning to make the second weekend. And you know, those, those people that are going to want to hire Matt McCall over at Murray State, and I still think they ought to, um, are going to have to maybe wait a week. And that's going to be really, really interesting. And I just think it's awesome for those two schools to have a shot for 40 minutes in order to get to uh, a second weekend. Love those matchups. Also, I'm intrigued by the Gonzaga-Memphis. Memphis has just enough talent to be dangerous in this, and uh, they could give them a pretty good game. And, Matt, I'm with you. I love the small the smaller teams and making some noise. The fact we're going to have either Murray state or St. Peter's uh, in the sweet 16, I just think is, is pretty cool. And it, again, this is just what makes March mad. There's no question uh, about that. We've got a lot more to come here as we are just getting started here in the sports spectacular. Thanks uh, Matt for joining us on this uh, Matt again, joining us from Pittsburgh, part of our team that is there at PPG paints arena uh, getting ready again for the uh, tip off Friday, 5 50 PM. Uh, on Friday on TNT, Central Time, Illinois, and Chattanooga. Stay with us. We've got more in the Sports Spectacular after this, powered by IlliniGuys.com. The Illini Guys Sports Spectacular continues here. It's uh, NCAA Tournament Weekend. Very special guest with us here in this segment presented by OSF Healthcare. He is... um, He's the man, uh, Illini legend, and he's now uh, one of the top uh, broadcasters in the business. So really an honor to get a chance to have him on the, on the show here. Longtime friend, Stephen Bardo. Stephen Bardo is here. Sir, how are you? I'm doing great, Larry. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing great. Um, always good to, uh, to see you on BTN, to hear you on the radio. I know you just did um, the games in Dayton uh, earlier this week. Let's talk about uh, this Big Ten season that, that just wrapped up um, and, and – Give us your perspective on on just the, you know, I mean, I mean the the talent here and really kind of the, the the parody. There were about five or six teams there up until the end that were almost neck and neck. Oh, the talent was outstanding in the conference this year. I think that going into the the league, Larry, we thought, or going into the season, we thought that 
the bigs would dominate uh, the Big Ten Conference. And for a good portion of it, they did. Um, Kofi Coburn was outstanding. Hunter Dickinson had his time. Uh, Edie and Williams at Purdue did very well. But the, the surprise to me was the emergence of the wing and guard play in the conference. Some of the best wing and guard play in the country came out of the Big Ten Conference this year uh, with Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis, um, you know, uh, uh, and then the, the, the usual suspects, Ron Harper Jr., Geo Baker, uh, you know, just a plethora. Uh, Malachi Branham at Ohio State, Bryce McGowan's at Nebraska. I mean, it was it was a, almost a coming out party for the wing and guard position in the Big Ten Conference this year. And then you talk about the teams, you know, with Rutgers having their run to get into the NCAA tournament with the, the, the number of ranked opponents that they faced and beat uh, to upgrade their resume was something to see. And then to catch Iowa, uh, catch fire down the stretch and win the Big Ten Conference tournament was fun to see. So there's a lot of moving parts, changing parts, a lot of parity, especially at the top in this season. Yeah, and you know, it's funny that, that every name except two that you mentioned, um, and you, you know I'm going to go with this, uh, McGowan's and, and Branham at Ohio State, we're all veterans. Um, this is a league yes. that it goes back to in terms of the Big Ten. You don't see a lot of the one and dones, and I think that changes the quality of play because you do get players that like a Davis or an Ivy or a Murray that uh, got a chance to kind of, as a, as a freshman, learn, and they're much more mature. And I think that really elevated their game as sophomores to where now um, they may have played themselves into a very lucrative uh, contract as an NBA draft pick this summer. I certainly think those three have. Uh, I've seen Jay Nivey number one on several draft boards from different uh, teams. I get a chance, Larry, to talk to pro scouts and heads of player personnel because, you know, I might be a cheat code, so to speak, in terms of being able to cover them. Uh, but, yeah, Jay Ivey is very high on people's uh, list, as are Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis. I've both seen them in lottery uh, range. And so, you know, to have those guys, like you said, you know, cut their teeth, so to speak, learn by fire last year and then come back this year and have the types of years that they've had really bodes well. Uh, hopefully for some of the younger players in the conference, like maybe a Tony Perkins at Iowa could have a breakout year next year. Um, there are several players that you can point to that hopefully can have a similar bump or jump, so to speak, uh, with the experience that they got this year. Talking here with Stephen Bardo on the uh, segment here presented by OSF Healthcare. Of course, he's an Illini legend, part of the Flying Illini 89 team. Let's talk about this Illinois club that I know that you did several of their games as well. And I know you still follow the team very closely. Um, we are having this conversation uh, because of your schedule before the game against Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. But what do you see about this Illinois team that, uh, well, that one that that excites you when it comes to March and, and maybe also that concerns you? Well, I, I think, you know, you look at this Illinois team and they were able to secure the number one seed in one of the most competitive conferences in the country, and they have not been whole all season. There's always been an, uh, a, a situation, an injury, a piece of adversity that this team has had to deal with, Larry, and yet they were able to navigate all that to get a co-share of the Big Ten championship regular season and a number one seed in, in conference tournament. Now, they got bumped out of the first round of the conference tournament by a very desperate and hungry Indiana team, and you tip your hat to them. But I think when you look at this team and the fact that they got those extra days of rest, 
they come in now and hopefully Jacob Granson can come back and be healthy. This will be the first time, Larry, that this team will be whole with nothing to lose. There's no pressure on there. You know, uh, they got a tough draw now. Chattanooga is a quality, big club. They're not a non-power five, quote unquote, team that's smaller. It's a big team. So they have size. They have depth. It would be a nice challenge. But I think the Illini are one of the scarier teams in the NCAA tournament this year because no one's expecting anything of them. They will they will have their full allotment of guys, hopefully, if Jacob can come back healthy. And I think they're they're just a dangerous club that could could really gain momentum throughout this tournament. Now, what what scares me is when your best shooter, Alfonso Plummer, turns down a wide open look at the top of the key in a critical juncture of that Indiana game. That concerns me a little bit because that's a that's a situation of confidence or lack thereof. And he's too good of a shooter, Larry, in my opinion, to turn down shots in that scenario. Uh, Corbello, uh, his inconsistency concerns me a little bit. While Andre Corbello can win you a game, he can also lose you a basketball game. Uh, so those are two areas that I'm a little bit concerned about. Um, once again, I think that this time that they have the extra days that they had uh, now knowing that they're, they're playing Chattanooga, they've got time to prepare. Um, I, I like the Alina and I think that they can make a nice run. Yeah, I think so too. You know, we, we had Doug Altenberger on the show um, several weeks ago and he was talking about um, how your class came in as freshman when, when he was a senior fifth year senior, how he kept trying to explain to you guys, Hey, listen, this is, you know, this is how this goes. This is how the, you know, you, you got to And he said, it wasn't until you guys went through and suffered that upset loss in the tournament that he said it, it then it's when it clicked for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you could, you can speak to that in terms of last year's team, a program that had not been to the NCAA tournament for eight years at that point. So everyone gets there. And even coach Underwood talked about that his son, Tyler was the only one in that locker room last year who'd ever been in a locker room of an NCAA tournament game. Mm. How about the, the, the difference that it, it, in a team, the maturity, once you go through that and feel that pain, how that changes you the next time, how did losing those couple of years as a freshman and a sophomore, how did that turn things around when you made the big run in 89? Every successful team in college basketball faced adversity the year before. You can go, I don't care who it is. You can look at championship teams. You can look at final four teams. There was some bit of adversity the year prior that put a sour taste in their mouths that made them get in the gym. So for us, it was the Villanova game in the second round. We're up 10 points under two minutes. Don't hit our free throws. A walk-on from Villanova hits a fadeaway three to beat us. That year we would have met Kentucky in the, the Sweet 16. We'd have ran Kentucky out of the gym. So we, we were more than likely an elite eight team my sophomore year. But that sting of losing that game Larry, none of us went home for the summer. We all stayed on campus, worked our tails off, and that was the springboard for the flying Illini. So this Illinois, uh, this iteration of the fighting Illini have heard about Loyola all year, a full calendar year. And, oh, you, you, you got upset. You were number one seed. You had Io DeSumo, and, you know, everybody's expecting a final for run, and you lose in the second round. That will, that will come back and be – all the motivation that Illinois needs for this tournament to come out. Like, like we talked about Brad Underwood saying in the press conference earlier this week, 
they're going to be free. They're going to play fast. They're going to have fun. They're going to enjoy the moment because there's no pressure on them. And they, re- they don't have to remind anybody what happened last year. They were reminded all year long. So I think that that would be really, really good motivation for a team that, in my opinion, could get, could get to the second week. Now, I think they're in the most uh, challenging region, but I think that this Illini team can uh, definitely get to the second week of the tournament. Yeah, and and one thing I know I talked about on on our podcast earlier, and, and I mentioned also here in the show in an earlier segment, um, you know, Arizona's looming there in the round of sixteen. You know, should you win the first two games where you're supposed to, um, but like you said, there's a reason that Illinois is a team with eight or nine losses is still considered one of those teams built for March because of all those pieces you talked about. And yeah. while the Illinois fans are concerned about Arizona, guess what? Arizona's concerned about Illinois as well. You're right; it, it goes it goes both ways. Yeah, no question. Um, hey, I want to talk about one thing you and I have never talked about, and I want to make sure I get this in before I let you go. Is it difficult for you to do Illinois games? Is it difficult for you to make sure you're being objective um, and, and not be too much of a homer? I know you still root for the Illini, and, and obviously you still bleed orange and blue. You know what, Larry? Uh, Illini fans get mad when I call Illini games because I call it like I see it. That's it. Um, fans are short for fanaticals. So there's no, <laughs> there's no rationale with fans and, and I get it and it's fine. And I, I, I gladly take, take it on the chin. You know, I get murdered on Twitter every time I call a game and that's fine because it, it, you know what it shows, it shows the passion of the fan base. And that's the most important thing. Um, Larry, I, if, if my two sons were playing, I could call them just like I could anybody else's kids. Uh, I developed this ability Early on, there was a guy named Dan Steer that used to be the coordinating producer at ESPN over college basketball. Uh, Dick Vitale said he's the best in the business, and I don't disagree. And Dan saw something in me early on, and he challenged me. He put me on Illinois games early in my career on national television. He said, because you've got to learn how to do this if you're going to be a top-notch color analyst. And so I got that ability early on. And uh, it's really served me well throughout my career. Uh, you know, the, the downside is that certain Illinois fans think I'm anti-Illini. Um, I don't know why, because if you cut my arm, I bleed orange and blue. Uh, but, you know, that's OK. That's their opinion. And, you know, we keep it moving. But, no, I, I don't have any problem, um, you know, putting my love for Illini basketball aside to do my job. There you go. Well, I asked because I, I don't know if I shared this with you, but back in 2005, my wife threatened to call CNN and tell them not to send me to the final four. <laughs> I said, I, I'm, I'm not wearing an orange tie. It's, it's, a, <sighs> it's a rust color. It's a, you know, um, you know, Megan Weber, Bruce's wife. She liked it. The tie was wearing. That's right. I, That's we're right. Okay. We're okay. <laughs> so, I hey, Steve, listen, I'm out of time, unfortunately, but man, I hope you come back. And join us again. Just want to say again how proud I am of you and the work you're doing. And um, now, now after basketball season, what what do you do after after basketball? Does, is it golf season, or what's 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 next for you? No, I, I like to try to give back to young people. So I'm trying to help people, particularly uh, young people of color, get into our business, Larry. So I've got Drop the Mic Academy that I'm developing right now. It'll be a series of camps and a and a group where people can go and share best practices. Uh, I, I'd like to be able to interview people like yourself to uh, give tidbits of advice to these people trying to get into the business. And I also do Bartles Breakdown on Facebook, which is my show, my basketball show. And I'll be transitioning to a little bit of NBA playoff coverage. 
Awesome. Awesome. We look forward to that. You know, you got my number, whatever I can do to help, you know, I'm there. So, but Hey, appreciate your time today. And uh, we'll definitely uh, let's come on and talk again uh, here in a few months and, and we'll talk more about the camps and things you're doing. For sure. Thanks a lot, Larry. I appreciate you, my man. I appreciate it, my brother. Okay. Stephen Bartle here joins the Illini. Great. And like we said, also uh, color analyst on BTN broadcast, also on Westwood One. As you can see, a man of many talents doing a lot of things, not just golf. He's going to go make the world better. That's what we expect from our Illini boys. All right. We're going to take a quick time out right here on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Up next, we've got more college basketball as we're talking NCAA tournament time. You listen to the Sports Spectacular here on the Illini Guys Radio Network. I'm Kofi Coburn. When it comes to facing my opponents on the basketball court, psh, that's easy. You know what else is easy? OSF on-call urgent care. That's right, Kofi. When you need care for minor illnesses and injuries that's easy to get when and where you need it, OSF on-call urgent care is your MVP. Walk in 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day, even holidays, or connect with a virtual visit 24-7, 365 days a year. Visit osfoncall.org slash urgentcare. Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn-out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions. 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. The Sports Spectacular, heading down court like a fast break. This segment presented by HX Home Solutions. He's the Illini guy, DeMonte Williams. One more crack at that brass ring here. Uh, DeMonte, always good to, to have you here. Uh, what's it like now um, here at uh, the NCAA tournament? Um, you guys finally in, in Pittsburgh and finally playing games and um, and working toward the Final Four. Um, really, it's just, uh, I mean, we all, we all know that feeling we had last year. Um, in the tournament when we got uh, upset and really just keeping that uh, same taste, taste in our mouth. Monte, I, I got to ask, because they're like, a, you, you guys went through, you know, you, you lost the Big Ten tournament with, um, and you had like, everybody has pink eye. You got what's going on? What's going on around you guys? <laughs> have you ever seen a team that runs through the, it's COVID, it's pink eye, it's a shoulder, it's a concussion, it's this. You guys are like trying to find new things. There's not going to be any like mange or anything coming up, is there? Nah. <laughs> yeah, man. We've been hit with all, with all type of adversity this year. So, DeMonte, have you guys taken any precautions to avoid being kidnapped by aliens <laughs> so we don't have to worry about that? I mean, I don't think no aliens really want us no more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it would be like Coach Underwood to actually have a plan just in case that happens. <laughs> I mean, I don't tell. <laughs> well, you know, we should uh, let everyone know that we are talking to DeMonte because of the schedule and the tournament. We are talking to him before the Chattanooga game. Um, you, know, you know, what is it? Last year you guys went in and, and it was a, a different atmosphere, obviously, with um, with COVID and you're walking to a building with with, you know, very few fans, that kind of thing. How has the, the setup been um, this year in terms of leading up to the tournament? How is it different this year than, than last year for you? I mean, we, we've been playing 
in front of fans for the last for the last year. And um really just us experiencing that the first time on NCAA tournament, know how crazy and wicked to get. Um it's just it's really on us veterans to lead lead the team and the young guys so we so we can go to get to where we going, where we want to go. Trent Trent mentioned uh, in the press conference earlier this week that he was he wasn't going to these places on vacation. So so you're not looking to see the sights of Pittsburgh this weekend. It's really about basketball, right? No, nah, not really. It's I mean, it's <laughs> tournament time. We we trying to win. We we can go on vacation in in the summertime. <laughs> yeah. And and how 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 what type of practices are you guys having? Uh, you know, what did you guys have to lead up to that? Um, just sharpening up our our everything we um that we're about um make sure everything is point sharp um and just keep on just keep bonding with each other and uh just keep trying to keep that joy that we had all all year that we was playing with has it helped having some time off you know we all were talking here in the commercial break about um you know coach underwood saying that what a grind it was last year to go through and and play three straight games you win the big 10 tournament title uh, but maybe there is a price mm-hmm. to be paid in terms of being exhausted. How about the difference in that in terms of, yeah, the loss in the end is disappointing and, and you never want to have that loss, but you also got a weekend to kind of to, to collect and refresh and, and get ready for the real prize. Yeah, no, that, I mean, it's unfortunately we lost, but I mean, it's, it's time for, for us to uh, almost like hit a reset button, um, especially, especially how, physical uh the big 10 is each and every year so um just yeah just really just getting our bodies back right and um just staying to the course demonte after a 30 game 30 plus game season that you guys have played how is your body like i mean how, how do you guys feel i mean you're 100 90 percent i don't know 88.7 give me give me some idea of how you feel physically at this point in the year uh, I mean, me, I'm fine. Um, I, I can fight through it. Um, that's why we lift every day with Fletch. Um, do extra extra lifts and extra running and extra shots and getting in the cold tubs and stuff like that. So after all this time of uh, beating up on Big Ten teams, playing teams twice a year, playing them in the tournament, what's it like to go out and get a chance to play a non-conference team that you don't know inside and out? I mean, it's... It's, I mean, it's all fun to it. Um, really, just going out there and competing at a high level, knowing that that probably would be the only time you'll ever play that team. Um, and yeah, just really just going out there and just playing hard, and we can showcase what really the Big Ten is really about. Illinois at Chattanooga. Illinois taking on Chattanooga, I should say, at Pittsburgh. Uh, hey, Demonte, as always, very best in the game. Look forward to talking with you next week, and uh, we'll be talking about the Sweet Sixteen next week. We're going to speak into the truth right now. All right. I appreciate that. Y'all take care. All right. Good luck, sir. Monte Williams uh, joining us here on the uh, Sports Spectacular game presented by HX Home Solutions. Demonte's dime. Still him out there. And um, we can't wait to see him out there on the court. Um, we want these seniors to get this ring. Let's, let's keep this thing going a little, a little while longer. It's been a great season. Hey, more to come here on the Sports Spectacular. Powered by Alanaguys.com. <laughs> 